You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined, as always... By John Brazier. John Brazier, how are you, John? I'm doing great, although it's a sad day in Phillies land. It is, it is. Just a couple of days ago, uh, we lost uh, David Montgomery, our leader and our friend, and um, it's been a sad time the last couple days here, John, Um, but also inspiring, right, in a a certain kind of way to see all these tributes, uh, some great things in the have been written about David uh, on TV just people and their testimonials and um, it's it's nice because we certainly knew David for a long time and worked with him um, and loved him um, but now I get a sense that the city of Philadelphia has gotten to know him a little better and you know what what a legacy he left not only here uh, with the organization but also for the city of Philadelphia I mentioned to somebody the other day that uh, I don't think, other than my parents, I don't know if anybody's had an impact as much as David had on not just my professional career, but just on being a being a human being. Because you know, we could we anybody lucky enough to be around David and I was for 25 years. I knew you were for over 30 years. Um, Just to see him, he was that leader that you know. I guess leaders come in all the different forms. And he was a leader in the sense that uh, very detail-oriented. But I tell you what, some of the lasting things that I'll never, ever forget, and I I do to this day because of David, is that, um, you know, I would take him around radio stations and or TV stations. And, you know, most people that that are being interviewed want to know who the host names are. Well, he was, you know, he already knew the host names. He wanted to know who the producer was, who the engineer is, if it's TV, he wanted to know the camera guy, the floor manager. Um, he wanted all the details. Here at the ballpark, you know, sometimes me and you and other people, we have so many employees, and there's new employees that start every day, and there's interns that come in. And, and shame on us because we probably don't take enough time to get to know these guys. David, as the CEO, would sit down with these guys and introduce himself, and they'd call him Mr. Montgomery. He'd say, no, please call me Dave. And after the end of the lunch, he would know everything about that kid. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, and that's his legacy for sure. And I think we take that for granted. Um, and maybe if you're out there listening, if you're in the workplace and you're working and, uh, you know, when you hear, oh, we're like family around here, it's not a cliche. It's it's really how we feel about one another. I think we lead the league, John, in uh, employees who've been here for over 25 years. Sure. And I, and you know as well as I do, it can directly be uh, contributed to David's leadership style. Well, I guarantee that David knew everything about Jen, your wife. Mm-hmm. And my wife, when, when she heard the news, she was deeply saddened because she got to know David very well. Because David took a personal interest in everyone's family. Uh, that family is very important. Um, I mean, I know we were talking about it off the air that David went to my dad's funeral 20 years ago, and I'm sure he, uh, he, went, and he went to your dad's too, yes. funeral. And that, yep. you know, I remember at the time that really touched my immediate family, saying, wow, I can't believe the, the president CEO you know, took the time to come out to your uh, to dad's funeral. So, um, and he did that all the time. And, and not just immediate employees. I mean, he went to, if, if someone's mother-in-law or someone's, mm-hmm. I mean, he was there, always there, um, and uh, never forget it. 
Yeah. And also, just and I know with you as well, my job's out there as far as, you know, I'm out on the radio and TV, I guess, to a certain degree, but mostly radio. And I've said some things uh, throughout the course. And I, I deal with talk radio, which can be very controversial. And, and it could be very negative against the Phillies organization. There could be some owners. There could be some, you know, leaders of a sports team that could get so upset at, at – the media, especially talk radio, that they could easily say, you know what, we're not dealing with them. We're going to punish them in some some manner. David never, ever, ever did that. Never questioned anything I said. Never questioned why we work with them. He totally understood why we work with them. Uh, and again, it's not. You would think that most people would kind of see that, but not really. And in, and in your job as well. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, you mentioned he was detail oriented and you might agree with me, probably the smartest guy I ever met. I mean, and, and maybe just remembering all those names is a great example. I mean, just a very smart guy, detail oriented, but um, he also didn't micromanage, right? I mean, because he, he never, I know for me, uh, you know, trying to keep the fanatic in line, <laughs> uh, you know, there were a couple times that maybe the fanatic did stuff that maybe David didn't agree with, but he was never on the phone, you know, and chewing me out or, or even well, every once in a while, maybe we'd talk about a bit a couple days later, but uh, he would let the dust settle if he wasn't uh, happy maybe with something the fanatic did out there. But uh, um, that's a great boss, right, John? If somebody just lets you do uh, let you do your job, gives you that freedom, sure. that trust. I, I throw that word around a lot, trust. You know, if you have a, a leader, a boss, or, uh, you know, who, who, who trusts you uh, to make the right decisions, that's, you know, one of the greatest things you could ask for. It, it definitely, and he was so good on the details. I remember uh, you know, when we were planning the 2008 World Series parade, um, he kept insisting in the meetings that we have porta potties up on the floats. Well, I think a lot of us were thinking, well, how long is this parade going to be? Like an hour, two hours? Like, to, you know, is he is that really important? Porta potties of all the things? Oh my gosh! Thank God for Dave because <laughs> I mean I'm telling you that there was a what? It was a four hour yeah three three and a half three and a half for hour me. I know that yeah float and and I know I was I well, use that that porta potty well you know time. John the fanatic and that just shows that detail oriented <laughs> exactly and the fanatic stood on top of a porta potty for three and a half hours down Broad Street so you know because we we had built you know those wooden kind right. of uh, boxes so people weren't you know waving to porta potties as they drove by but uh, so thank goodness the porta potties were there for the fanatic he had a nice perch to stand on and and what I also loved about it is that David was from here. He's from Roxborough. Mm-hmm. He was a city kid. And he loved going to the Palestra. He loved the Big Five. He loved the, all the other teams, Sixers, Eagles, Flyers. And he instilled in all of us that they aren't the competitors. That's not our competitor. Our no. competitor is basically, you know, what anyone can do with a discretionary dollar, whether it could be the Shore or movie or a mall, you know, and the sports team is one of them. But, you know, he didn't get that parochial feeling of mm. we should, you know, we, you know, we shouldn't be dealing with them very much. If anything, he was the exact opposite. He was inviting teams over here to go on our airwaves and, and maybe participate in batting practice and do. We were encouraged to basically work with all the other sports teams, which was great. Uh, and that, again, just that came from his passion for growing up in Philadelphia. I love the fact that he kept score at <laughs> every game. He yeah. kept and he, and he had like four sharpened number two pencils <laughs> ready, right? And he uh, I just, everything about the man, I just, I, it's a, it's a it's a t- I don't know about you, but you know it was just a couple of days ago, and yesterday it it hit me really hard. I I I had tears kind of on my way from uh, my home to here, and I just uh, you know we're, we're just we're unfortunately he just left such a big footprint imprint uh, on this 
on this team, on this city, uh, that he's going to be sorely missed. Yeah, no question. Uh, and, you know, the humility, too, and everybody really – David was a good guy. You know, like a good guy. Like I like that description. He was just one of those good guys. He didn't want people to call him Mr. Montgomery. It was always David. He could but, go into his office and just hang out, and he, yes. he wouldn't make it look like, well, what, what are you doing in here? But the humility, too, like he um, – you know, we have parking here at the at the ballpark for the employees, and David never took his spot, which is a reserve for the president. You know, underneath, so if it's raining, you know, David would be, you know, coming up, parking on the top level, walking through the snow. It's like David, you know, you could park downstairs, you know. But another thing with his car, I, I we used to uh, pump gas in the same uh, Winmore. Uh, there's a Sunoco right on Willow Grove Avenue. You know where it is, John. And uh, they used to have a full serve and a self serve, and you know I'm driving the fanatic around. It's like, well, the fanatic's kind of big leg, right? So, you know, the fanatic would go into that f- full serve and have uh, Doug, the gas station attendant, <laughs> come out, and you know, so the fanatic's getting his gas, you know, his uh, the the van, you know, uh, more gas in the in the tank, and uh, David comes pulling in, and he pulls into the self serve, you know, gas uh, part, and Doug, who is the gas station attendant, like Tom, Tom. Rolled, uh, pop your hood, pop your hood. D- uh, David's coming in. I'll, I'll make it look like I'm, I'm <laughs> You're working, working, on, working on it. <laughs> well, David pulls up, looks over at me. He's like, must be nice to have somebody pumping your own gas. I'm like, it's not me, David. It's the fanatic. He insists. Yeah, so well, he, <laughs> David did have an uncanny uh, ability to to make sure you're, he's there when you're in compromising positions. I, yeah, it's happened a few times. Uh, yes, and myself <laughs> as well. Uh, I'm going to read you a a tweet that uh, my buddy Pat Berkery uh, wrote. Uh, Pat actually is a Grammy Award-winning uh, drummer with War on Drugs. Well, he ran into, he, he said, ran into Dave Montgomery on a flight to Clearwater in 2000, introduced myself as a longtime season ticket holder, and said, my friend John Brazier works for the team. His reply, John Brazier works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then even like when, when I just had my 25th year, and we talked about that with Matt Mailer, and Kathy Killian, our HR uh, VP, sent a text or sent a uh, picture to David in the hospital of Matt and I, and the, you know, arguably two, and add you in there, the three of the goofiest people in the organization. <laughs> and Dave Montgomery said, you know, here's a picture of the latest 25-year guys. And he wrote back, yeah, it's interesting because Brage and uh, Matt don't act like they're 25 years old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so just, you know, uh, he's a uh, just love the guy. I can't, can't say enough. Well, you, you said it, John. Left the, left the hole here for sure, and uh, we'll always be thinking of David here. He, he left a great legacy. Um, we're still a family here at the Phillies uh, and with our fans. You know, it's not just the organization, but he really did consider um, the city of Philadelphia, but the fans of the Phillies um, part of the family, and it's, it's not a cliche, and that's, I think, the beauty of all these tributes is that when everybody is saying it, it's really not a cliche. It's really how he treated uh, not only the organization, but all the fans too and the fans we're going to have a service here at the ballpark right. on June 6th at 3.05 and it is open to the public uh, and I tell you what it's there's going to be many mm. many many people there because he touched so many people's lives well yeah and Monday uh, we start a series against the Brewers I'm not sure when this will post this uh, podcast but um uh, we're going to have certainly some tributes to David yep. that night, and everybody's going to get a free scorecard that night, which uh, I really I want to keep score at the game. I don't know how I'm going to do it. You know, running after the Fanatic all game can be tough and trying to keep score, but I really want to keep score. If I don't do it on Monday, I'll do it maybe when they hit the road. I'll sit at home and watch TV and keep score because you know, I haven't done it in about that's 40 a, years. That's a good idea because I might do it too. I, yeah. I only keep score the one game that, uh, you know, that you did as well mm. uh, when I did the play-by-play, and I kept score only because – I can go back to the book yeah, and, you know, if I 
Right. Well, we are going to uh, shift gears, John. And, uh, you know, you were mentioning the 2008 parade. Yep. We have, I'm so excited about this guest. We are huge Flyer fans. We go way back to the Broad Street Bully days. And we are having an original Flyer, not only Broad Street Bullies. He was on the first Philadelphia Flyers team in 1967. You know, some people actually see him as uh, personifying the Broad Street Bullies. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, no and he also has a, a good. Uh, bust on me story with Dave Montgomery. So <laughs> well, he has stories. I know out the wazoo. I know we could make this a, a five-hour uh, podcast, but Rob Brooks won't let us. So uh, why don't we do this? We'll take a short break. Are we going to say who it is, or are we going to just are we going to tease it? Well, if people went to their computers or on there, you know, they'd probably saw. Oh yeah, the guest today. But anyway, <laughs> it's Joe Watson, number fourteen who, from the Philadelphia Flyers, who is going to crush our hand when he shakes our hand. I've never met yeah, anybody who shakes a hand harder. Yeah, he's a pretty powerful guy. We yeah. love Joe and. And can't wait to have him on, so hang in, and we'll be right back. You can picture Chase Utley's swing and picture Chase Utley's throw. Now picture him as a Philly forever at the Toyota Chase Utley Retirement Night with a special pregame ceremony Friday, June 21st against the Marlins. Order at phillies.com. And we're back. Philly's backstage. And, John, a legend just walked into the room. <laughs> the great Joe Watson, one of my favorite people yeah, in all of sports. Not John Brazier, but no. Joe Watson. We're, we are thrilled to have you here, Joe. Well, because wow. we, we both grew up major uh, fans of the Flyers, of, uh, especially your era. Uh, I went to the parade. You went to the parade. I went to both parades. I did not go to the parade. Shame I, on you. I, I was in my, in, I was, you know, pretty young guy, but I'm in the schoolyard, and I remember just crying. I just, I stood by myself, and I cried because I wasn't at boat parades. Oh, I missed boy. boat parades. Oh, Awful. Boy. Well, yeah. Joe, uh, we we just um, were talking uh, earlier about Dave Montgomery, obviously, uh, who passed on Wednesday. And I know that you were uh, great friends with, with Dave. In fact, uh, you guys bonded because I uh, used to bust on me. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Tell, tell the story. Oh, huh? gosh. Yeah, I've known Dave a long time. I met him in the early 80s. And uh, so we got to know him, and I used to see him frequently on the subway. But uh, getting back to uh, the story here uh, – uh, buddy John here came out and played some alumni games with us. We played about 14 or 15 games a year, and uh, I got I saw John play on my brother's rink in Aston. I said, "This guy's a good player. He come out and play with us." So he came out and played a game, and I think you're on the right right or left side with uh, Timmy Kerr, and uh, he made a pass. He walked in and scored, and uh, at the time the score was 14 to one. <laughs> And when he scored this goal, you start jumping up your skates. The other stick was in the air. I says, what the hell's wrong with you? The score is 14 to 1. You thought you scored the winning goal in the Stanley Cup. I was, I was doing so, the DuPont <laughs> shuffle. Oh, the moose shuffle. The moose oh, shuffle. Yeah, the moose shuffle. So I told that to Dave. And, oh, my God, Dave used to laugh about that. Every time I saw him, we'd tell the same story. And we must have told that story 30 or 40 times over the course of the years. Yeah, and he comes over to me and says, you know, uh, Joe Watson says you never pass the puck. <laughs> That's true, too. And you, and you never play defense. <laughs> Tom, my, my first time playing with these guys, right? I am nervous. It, I'm the well, only. Yeah, this is I'm, like the greatest thing ever. Yes, I'm, I'm oh. one of the few non-NHL guys out there. And I remember the first time I got on the ice, I'm thinking to myself, well, the only thing I've got going for me is my youth. So maybe I can, you know, and I'm a, I was a good skater. I've been playing ho hockey all my life. So I'm playing left wing. The, the puck comes up the boards for, for a breakout, and it glances off my stick, and all I hear is, is, is someone <laughs> screaming at me from the bench, and it's Joe Watson, and I'm already nervous enough. And I'm, now, I, I eventually
actually got to the puck, but I was I was all nervous, my hands shaking, you know. So it's. Um, but Joe Watson here, a legend, said you were a pretty good player. Is that true, Joe? I yes. thought it was always just a ruse. No. no, he was a good skater. He was a good skater, and and, uh, and he handles a puck pretty well. He shoot it. And he learned his hockey someplace. I believe you played for Haverford. I did. Yep. Haverford School. Yeah. Haverford School. Yep. Grew up uh, since I was five or six years old. Went to Mike Squirts, Pee Wee's old okay. deal. And, yeah. Uh, finally quit men's league at 50 years old. But <laughs> but we're not talking about me. We are talking about the legendary Joe Watson. So Joe, I've got a lot of things I want to cover with you because you you definitely have had a great career. First of all, you you start you played with Bobby Orr, right? Yeah. 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 So I have training camp. I go to training camp in London, Ontario, 1965. And I'm room with this guy, and uh, I didn't know much about him. He didn't know who I was, obviously. So we end up rooming together, and and, uh, and we're talking about this and that. And then somebody mentioned Bobby Orr is here, and I said, well, geez, that's my roommate. And uh, so in a way, lo and behold, he's about 135 pounds. That's all he was. Hmm. And uh, he had training camp, and he was he, he did well for a 135-pounder. Mind you, know, the game is big and strong, but he was very good, good skater. And uh, so in a way, camp breaks, I go back to Oklahoma City, farm uh, farm team of the Bruins, and he goes to Oshawa. So he goes and buys a rowing machine. He buys a rowing machine, and he rowed for six months, six months, five days a week for an hour at a time. And I meet him in training camp in 1966. He's 190 pounds. Wow. Mm. All muscle. All, it was all muscle, all right. muscle. And, uh, you know, he was... Well, to me, he was the best player I ever played with and against. Wow, or, that's or, saying so. Or, or, or you know, yeah. yeah. Now, you guys had, you know, were an expansion <coughs> team in the late 60s, and then, you know, in 73-74, you guys go and win the Stanley Cup, and you brought a style, Fred Shiro, the Broad Street Bullies. I mean, that was that was not really, I mean, you were unique at that, at that time, right, that style of play? Yeah, a lot of people didn't like or didn't appreciate us. You know, a lot, a lot of the people in the league didn't appreciate the Broad Street Bullies, and that's unfortunate because, you know, we were the attraction in the league at the time. And wherever we went, we sold the buildings out. A lot of teams would go into other facilities and not sell out, but we would in our games. And uh, so we were attraction, and uh, and they just didn't appreciate our style of play. The Boston Bruins, four or five years prior to that, were were big, aggressive team. So were the St. Louis Blues. And the reason we started, the, uh, Mr. Snyder decided to bring, get, you know, start acquiring some players that could play or were physical, was in 1968, we played the St. Louis Blues in a series, and they beat us up pretty physically. And Mr. Snyder vowed that would never happen to a, a, a team, a flyer team again. So he he, uh, he uh, informed his scouts, general manager, that he wanted a physical team as well as guys that could play hockey, and that's what we went out and done and uh, did. And, and uh, you know, we went and got Schultz, Kelly. Uh, we traded for DuPont. We had Seleski. And then we had Van Nimp, and we had Ashby. Mm. Uh, and you know, so we had a good collection of guys, and uh, and uh, I know we weren't appreciated, but we were we were loved all over the world, with the exception of the Canada hated us. Obviously, they didn't like our style of play because we used to beat the hell out of the Canada Canadian teams. But that's the way it is. Yeah, you still had great talent, and here you're saying you know the Flyers were the attraction in '73, '74, and. They were, you know, the the franchise had only been around for six years, you know. Yeah, so, uh, right. you know, when it started, did the fans um, take to the? Because uh, you were on that first team in '67. Yeah, did, yeah. Could you <laughs> yeah. see them? I mean, uh, their interest uh, on the Flyers well, rise. Uh, you know what? When I found out, when I realized we were going to be a successful organization in Philadelphia, and the National League was in in uh, late January of uh, 1968, our first year. We played back-to-back games against Chicago and Detroit, 
and both games were sold out, and I knew that we were going to be a success. Hmm. Prior to that, we were drawing eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people. I remember one game, we had 3,000. Hmm. There was a terrible snowstorm, so they made an announcement on radio. Anybody wants to come down and watch watch the game, you get in for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so people ventured, but there's only 3,000. But I remember our, our opening game, uh, we played against Pittsburgh, and uh, we had 7,600 people in the building. That's all there was. So hmm. I, I didn't honestly know if it was going to happen or not, but... I remember one time we had a, our first year we had training camp in Quebec City, and then we uh, we come back to tra- back to Philadelphia, and uh, Mayor Tate was the mayor at the time. He wanted to have a parade for the for the Flyers going down Broad Street. Well, hell, there were more people in their parade <laughs> than were watching well, it. Yeah, yeah. I said we're not going to be here very long. <laughs> well, Joe, you t- you told me a story that uh, that this could have been. This could have been bad. You told me that uh, when you guys were game six, uh, up one nothing, Rick McLeish had scored the goal right against the Bruins. Yeah. You got, uh, I think there was like, I don't know, not a lot of time left in the clock, and the puck was deep in the uh, the Bruins zone, mm-hmm. right? And then they they iced the puck all the way down. Yeah. And you, well, good. You tell the story. And Bernie was not really. <coughs> what, well, was, what was Bernie doing? Bernie wasn't really aware of what was going on. The puck was way down the other, or shot the puck down. And I don't think Bernie was paying attention. Obviously, he wasn't because I was in the ice. And the damn thing missed the net by maybe a foot. I said, holy crap. Imagine that I'd gone in. Right. He was looking <laughs> at the clock. Yeah. Yeah, probably looking for some lady in the crowd or something. <laughs> 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 but anyway, thank God the or missed the net. And then, of course, I was the last guy to touch the puck. And, uh, nice. and uh, when I looked up, there were seven seconds to go. And I wasn't going to touch until till, till somebody come near me. And the first guy near me was Wayne Cash. When I touched it, there was four seconds to go. But lo and behold, all these people are coming over the glass and, and everything else, and, and the face-off would have been bought back in the Boston zone anyway, so I guess that ended the game. And, but anyway, I had the puck in my stick, and, uh, and Terry Chris jumped off the bench and grabbed the puck, and I says, oh, it's not over yet, Chris. Yes, it is. I says, no, it's not. And he says, four seconds, no, it's over with. So he has the puck today. And mm. I Terry Crisp stole the, the championship puck took, from you. Yes, he did. Oh. Yes, he did. And uh, I still think he has it today. Yeah. Uh, but now, I didn't get it, and no. I, I was the last guy to touch it. Now, Joe, yeah. too, uh, that during the world during the Stanley Cup parade, uh, you guys had the single uh, cars, and I'm the, yeah. the legendary story that Bert Bernie had to get go out to get go to the bathroom, and he knocked on a lady's door right yeah and, and she wouldn't let him in well uh they eventually got he eventually got into the house because he had to go badly and, and then of course they they moralized the the, the seat the Maybe. toilet seat <laughs> they really, <laughs> yeah they moralized right? the toilet seat yeah and was that the parade you lost your ring uh, in the, parade, right? the second parade yeah second I, lost, parade. I, I lost my ring uh you know you know people are grabbing and everything else and i had one of my rings on it was my first ring and and it slid off uh, down Broad Street here, and uh, lo and behold, this young lady who was a nurse, she was Saint Agnes. Training, Saint Agnes. She was a nurse training at Saint Agnes, and she grabbed the, grabbed the, uh, you know, she got the ring. So Mr. I, I told Mr. Snyder after the parade, I said, "Listen, I lost my ring." So he made a plea on TV and radio. This young lady, 18-year-old girl, came forth with the ring. And Mr. Snyder gave her two season tickets for the next season. Wow, her, is that two right? Two season tickets she for the came, whole year. Came and there through was, with the ring. And there was no, there was no, there was no tickets available at the time, you know, right. obviously. But yeah, Mr. Snyder did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, then, yeah. sorry, this is one of my favorite moments. Is you know, 1976, the Red Army is basically 
swathing, you know, basically cutting a swath through the <laughs> NHL, <laughs> just beating everybody up with their style of circling around and, you know, no one ever able to touch the puck. They take on the, de- the defending Stanley Cup yes. champions, the Broad Street Bullies. They're, and they're, they also have the Cold War going. Yeah, and, sure. And, uh, but yeah. it's really interesting that Fred Shiro, I didn't know this, that Fred Shiro's parents emigrated, fled from Russia. So, and he had supposedly uh, learned a lot of his coaching uh, from going over to Russia in their style. And he made, he, and, and, Correct. and he basically taught you guys that, well, what we're going to do is we're going to bottle them up, uh, not let them get into the zone, basically not let them skate free, right? Well, like past the blue line. What, what the Russians do, and, and normally the Europeans, they have bigger ice surface, so they, they have puck control. They want puck control. And uh, Freddie says, boys, our rinks are smaller, and they're not going to be as wide, not going to be as deep. And what we're going to do, I'm going to have, we're going to change. You know, they have the Iron Curtain in Russia. We're going to show them the Iron Curtain in North America. And what I want my defense to do is get up at center ice, and I want my forwards to back and uh, you know, fall in behind. And if we try to throw them off stride and we could re- retrieve the puck that way, we'd be going after them. They'd be coming at us, and we'd be going right back at them, and, and we'd catch them off guard. And I don't know if you watched the game, but we watched that game. We outshot them 49-13, to 13 and we right. should have won 10-1 to 1 if Tretjak hadn't have played well. And, uh, <laughs> and Bernie Perrant didn't even play in that game. No, Bernie, Bernie Perrant said, had a pinch. Uh, no, 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 that's BS. Bernie didn't say, no commie's going to shoot at me, so they would send him to Jamaica for four days. <laughs> for Christ's sake, what a, what a deal that was. Oh, Boy, my goodness. I was very upset. No commie's going to shoot at me, he said. <laughs> and that, that, that irritated a lot of our guys because he shouldn't have got the opportunity to, to go. And uh, But a lot of people don't know that. No. Wayne Stevenson was Wayne the goalie. Wayne Stevenson, yeah. yeah. I, never, yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, the... the the big hit of the game was when Van Am hit Van Am. the guy and, and the, the, the Russian team left the yep. but the physicality. But um, was that game extra physical or it sounds like uh, no? I mean, it sounds no. like you know yet you, you were you outplayed them on the offensive end too, right? Yeah, we did. We it wasn't physical. I mean, uh, they just wanted no part. I remember right. the day before we had a banquet at the, the Ovations Club and uh, introducing the players' respective teams and they introduced the Russians. They had a nice clap. Then they started introducing the Flyers, and they come to number eight. All of a sudden, there was a murmur in the crowd by the Russians. They were looking around, looking yeah. around for number eight, Big Schultz. Dave Schultz. Oh, that's right, the hammer. They were looking around, like, and then we realized they were apprehensive <laughs> yeah. about what was going to happen. And uh, and uh, Lloyd Gilmore was a referee, and Lloyd Gilmore came in before the game and says, boy, we're going to let you play your game. <laughs> and Clarence Campbell came in, too, you know, and we didn't like Clarence because Clarence didn't appreciate our style of playing, and, mm. and he never gave us credit for uh, for winning and this and that. And uh, and so we told him to get the hell out of the dressing room, and we will play our own game. We'll play our game the way we're supposed to play and and that's what we did. And that crowd must have been so electric. To me, I mean, really, I think that is a top 10 sports moment in the city of Philadelphia. Totally. That game, no totally. question about it. And yeah. I love it. Tretiak, the goalie, called it uh, rude hockey. <laughs> and then <laughs> Co- Coach Loktev called the Flyers a bunch of animals. Yeah. 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 Wow. You know, there was a big, the Pragda, the paper in Russia and in, in Moscow, and it showed a Big guy with this this uh, this mallet in his hand and had spikes sticking out of it, hitting the Russians over the head. Was that Bobby Clark? <laughs> huh? Was that supposed to be Bobby Clark? <laughs> no, I don't know who it was, but oh my God! I mean, uh, next day we saw that, we kind of had a smile about that. Yeah. Well, but Joe, you also had a shorthanded goal oh, Jesus, in that game, yeah. right? In that <laughs> game. And, and, and what did what did Shiro say? Well. You know, after the game, you know, we're in jubilance. We're having a good time in the dressing room when Freddie always makes a little speech. So uh, Freddie, uh, Freddie comes in and, you know, congratulates everybody. He says, Joe, by scoring that shorthanded goal, 
you're going to set Russian program back 20 years. <laughs> and you know what? They still haven't recovered. It was 40 years ago. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know, too, that Gene Hart spoke Russian. Did you know that? It doesn't surprise me, right. but, uh, you know. You know what? Gene was... He's really efficient in, in the and mm. the language English language obviously but the Russians and he say these names yeah, very the effectively names. Right. and you know what you don't you don't you don't know if he's right or wrong because he heard the names <laughs> right. we didn't know any Russian player <laughs> right. we didn't know their names or what the hell but he would get out there yeah he, oh he was incredible Gene was he was so good yeah now Joe you grew up in Smithers which is British Columbia and it's it's uh, pretty far above yeah. Vancouver yeah um, you were telling me that uh, you grew up uh, on a farm yeah and you guys your parents basically made a rink and what did you use what did tell us the equipment you used <laughs> <laughs> well obviously you know we weren't we weren't wealthy so. Uh, a stretch of the imagination. So we used to get these eaten catalogs every Christmas, and they were pretty thick. So what we I used them for shim pads, and I used some rope, tied them around my leg and rope, <laughs> and uh, and we'd use them for shim pads. And then we couldn't afford a puck, so we got horse turds, <laughs> and we used horse turds as pucks. Yeah. Oh God. You yeah. and Jimmy yeah. out there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy was younger, but Jimmy. Mm. Well, Jimmy's ten years younger than me. When I first started playing, he wasn't around, but uh, oh. but. Later on, we could afford pucks when we were 10, 11, 12 years old. But prior to that, we couldn't afford pucks. And, well, and, and I remember I used to get a stick every year for Christmas. And that had to last me till next Christmas. Right. And I'd get nails and I'd have a hammer, put the tape nail in the right. stick, yeah, tape yeah, it yeah. up. Oh, boy. Yeah, those are the early days. Yeah, you got to take care of that stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then also, I think, didn't you have a younger, younger than Jimmy brother who was i think you said this is probably the best hockey player in the watson family yeah but he had to tend to the farm he wasn't able to to go on yeah and, and he he, he mm. was he was 19 years old he's a big guy about 240 you know husky kid and uh he could really throw him so st louis invited him to training camp he goes to st louis's training camp and uh he gets there and uh he's there for you know eight nine days and he cleaned house on a lot of these guys you know he beat the crap out of him Jesus God. and uh, st louis wanted to sign him signed a contract and we had a farm and my mom says no you're going home you got to come home back so he went down there for 10 days and he had to come back home and he never did sign but he was a very good player oh god he was big and shoot the puck and skate mm. i mean i wish i had the speed that he had you know mm. but tommy yeah, yeah you probably didn't know this but joe almost got signed by the yankees baseball well i i got an opportunity to go to yankees training camp in, in uh, 1960 in uh, Fort Lauderdale. They were in Lauderdale then. And there was a guy named Eddie Taylor from uh, from uh, Seattle. And he came up with the BC Championship, senior BC Champions. I was only 16. I was playing for this team. And, and we went to the finals. We got beat. But this guy came down and and uh, he asked me if I was interested. I said, no, no, I'm a hockey player. Right. Ball player. There's too many Americans play baseball. And the Americans are much better than uh, than than I am, that's for damn sure. So I think my uh, opportunity is in hockey opposed to baseball. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, that it was, was uh, it. Were they playing a lot of baseball in Canada back well, then? Well, they, they were. You know, in British Columbia, they played a lot mm -hmm. of baseball. Yeah, yeah, I played, I loved baseball when I was younger. Holy shoot. Uh, I follow, I was a Detroit Tiger fan. And, uh, but, uh, oh, we played baseball. But the thing is, that was short season. Short season. Mm -hmm. I mean, we start a uh, latter part of May, May 28th, and it would go till. Uh, late late august and if you're lucky september because the snow would start yeah falling. the weather is an issue yeah it was an issue yeah 
Yeah. And you still have a love of baseball. I know you come out to the games uh, yeah. pretty regularly, right, Joe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to come out. You know what's there. been interesting to me is uh, the fans really seem to get a kick out of when uh, Phillies players get together with Eagle players and Sixers players. They'd maybe go to a Sixers game together or, uh, or some of the Flyers will get together and they all mix. Yeah. Do you remember uh, you know, when you were playing for the Flyers, did you, did you mix with some of the other athletes of the teams or no, not as much? No, not really. I knew uh, George McGinnis pretty well. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Doug Collins. Doug Collins and I were good friends. I've uh, mm-hmm. known Doug a long time, and uh, but not really. I didn't really mingle. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Tom Dempsey, the, yeah, the, the, the kicker. Yeah. He used to come to all our games. Tom Dempsey would come to the dressing room after the game. He'd have a couple, a couple of bubble Louis with us. But uh, <laughs> but I really didn't. I knew some of the players, but I really never hung with them you right. know, that much. No. But Mike Schmidt, our kids went to school together okay. at Episcopal, mm-hmm. so I knew Schmitty pretty good, and we used to go out once in a while. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that uh, that you know there's so many players from your team that have chosen to live in the Philadelphia area, to stay in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, right? we we have uh, 14 guys from the Stanley Cup team still live in the area. Uh, we lost a few guys lately, but uh, but we have 14 presently here, and uh, and guys have made a name for themselves and made a good life for themselves and have been very successful in a lot of. Uh, Different things, a variety of things they're doing. And Tom, they uh, the alumni team. They go, they travel. Uh, Joe's played over. You were over in Russia, what a couple years ago? Yeah, we were. We were. Uh, we went to Russia, mm-hmm. and Putin okayed the whole thing. And Putin was very good to us. Uh, Did he play? No, he didn't play. No, he said that uh, I need so much security when I play. He said he gets up at five thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. three days a week, and he. All the security guards have to be hockey players or they can't be a security guard. Hmm. So he goes this rink at 6, 6 to 7.30, set and plays, and, hmm. and uh, he scores very freely because... <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's going to play if, any defense. If they did, they'd nope. be in Siberia. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's dropping the gloves. <laughs> <No>. and, uh, <laughs> you take them out, so, you're in the gulag. <laughs> but, you know, we played a game in Kazakhstan, Kazan, St. Petersburg, and Mos- and Red Square. And the game in St. Petersburg, we, we get there in this... Uh, Guy comes up to me, Mr. Watson, I got businessman want to play you a game. I says, oh, really? They want to play you a game? I says, okay, this will be a lot of fun. Well, hell. I says, uh, how successful are they? Oh, they're very successful. I says, okay, fine. So thinking, well, if they're that successful, they won't be hockey players. Hell, we never touched the puck for the first five minutes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they were so good. Yeah, yeah. And there was two guys that owned international paper, international paper. And uh, but their dad started the business. But you don't you ever go to Russia? That's all there is is trees for Christ's sake. Northern part of Russia, and, and uh, they started this business. And uh, boy, they got a great business. And and I didn't know, but they were billionaires. They told me that they were very successful. A guy told me they were billionaires, and hmm. they were from Minnesota, for God's sake. So they did very well. International paper. Yeah. Now, do you interact with? I know you're obviously still working over the Flyers. Do you interact with the the guys? And do you ever get into uh, give advice from a you know former player point of view or from a development point of view? Or no, do you have any no. interaction with the current players? Uh, not really. I know you know I know Voracek and Giroux. Uh, I used to know Brandon Manning because Brandon was from my area, in okay. British Columbia. He's no longer around, and he's no longer in the league. I don't think now. But uh, not really. No, we don't. You know we. Every once in a while, we'll say hi when you see them in the building, but mm-hmm. for the most part, don't interact with them. No. Okay. Yeah. Well, and they're uh, and they're so young too because we we had uh, Carter yeah. Hart here, and you know <laughs> our players. You know, Tom and I used to be the same age as the players, and now I'm looking at these guys, and we I could be their dads. Well, yeah, dads, and, and we're soon <laughs> we're soon crew. moving into grandfather territory. <laughs> 
<laughs> not so fast, Kimo Sabi. Uh, yeah, not so fast. <laughs> hey, John, I see you over there. Are, yeah. are, is uh, Joe Watson going to get the uh, John Brazier quiz? You know, everyone gets a quiz. Oh, Joe. Quiz. Uh, now, quiz. Joe, Joe, this see, is Joe, a- Joe, John does not. He has nothing else to do during the day <laughs> other than just go on his computer okay. and find fun facts. Oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So we we, we do a quiz uh, to our to our guests, and it's always a very convoluted. Uh, confusing quiz that okay. uh, there's something wrong. I'll, I'll, I will not edit myself. But uh, we have right now, we have, let's see, I think we have eight questions. Eight questions. Eight, three, four, five, six. Yes, okay. we have eight questions. Yeah. And they're they are surrounded. We always you know have the questions surrounded by the guests or you know around okay. the guest's life. So, uh, Tom, what uh, what does Joe win if he um, if he <laughs> really? Uh, you know what? He can he can come uh, to any game he wants to, uh, inc- including Dollar Dog Night, which is coming up. We have a lot of fun. fireworks. We got a lot of fun things. Hey John, before we start, do you remember we we were uh, at a golf outing and uh, Bernie and Joe were auctioning off a night to hang out with Bernie Perrant and Joe Watson, eat like ca- Canadian salmon or something. On Absolutely the right. <laughs> and, Absolutely right. And I was right. bidding for it. I'm like me and my brother. <laughs> We're going to party with Joe and Bernie. And uh, yeah. they said, you know, and Joe is one of the auctioneers. He's like, sold to Tom the fanatic over there. And meanwhile, it was the person next to me who would, who would bid the most. And I said, I think it's this guy over here. But, uh, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah. you're right. We, I remember we made $2,400. Yeah. We, 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 I, I go to British Columbia every year salmon fishing, and I bought a lot back. And uh, so we go to this function. And uh, I didn't see anything interesting. So I told the person that's running, I said, listen, I can uh, make you some money, I think, that we can auction off a salmon feast at our house with Bernie and I being the host, the <laughs> co-host. That's awesome. And yeah. we did, and we got 24. I got two guys bidding. I got two guys bidding, at, at, and, and it ended at $1,200. They were at $1,200 a piece. Yeah. I said, okay, we're going to stop right now. If you give me 12 you give me 12 yeah. We got $2,400. And they said, fine, they'll do it. And, and that's what happened. Uh, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right, Tom. I know. You remember uh, that. Jesus, uh, yeah. Well, I missed yeah. out. I couldn't yeah. pony up, John. So, you know. <laughs> how, about, yeah. how about if he doesn't get eight for eight, then we get a salmon dinner. <laughs> there you go. With Joe and Sold. <laughs> oh. Let's flip the tables here. Oh, All right, let's boy. try this quiz, right, John. I'm really right, curious okay. what yeah. Joe can do here. All right. Yeah. Joe, some of these are tough. Some of them should okay. be fairly easy. Yeah. Right, here's the yeah. first one. Uh, you mentioned you grew up a Tigers fan, yeah. right? So, yeah. who was the MVP? This is, and you're going to get multiple choice. Who was the MVP of the 1968 World Series? The MVP of the World Series was it? Uh, was it Mickey Lolich? Mickey Lolich. I didn't even have to get Bang. the next three. Yeah, got Mickey that Lulich. right away. Yeah, he, got, he won three games. He, he won three, three games. complete games. Yeah, three in complete. That World yeah. How about that? Three and, complete and, and, games. And and and, and, and uh, you know uh, Mickey Lolich or not Mickey Lolich, but uh, Danny McLean was there. And, 31 and six with a 1.96 ERA yeah. and the Cy Young Award winner. Yeah. yeah. All right, second good one. You're one for one. Since you hail from Smithers, British Columbia, who was Sir Alfred Smithers, for whom the town is named? Is it is it A, the first mayor of the town? Is it B, a gold miner who discovered the town? Is it C, the chairman of the board of the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway? Or D, an English nobleman who visited the town in 1913? Which which one you got? You got the mayor, the, the, the miner? The English nobleman. The English gentleman, no, no. It's, it was the chairman of the board of the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway. Okay. That came through. Holy <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I, right. I didn't know how Smithers got their name for Christ's sake. Oh, now okay. you know. Now, now you know. know. Oh, there you yes. go. You're yes. going to learn something okay. new every day. Here. Sir yeah. Alfred Smithers, Joe. Oh, you'll, really? You'll, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, not, not too many people know that, no. except for our podcast listeners, of course. <laughs> All right. In the legendary 4-1 to one victory versus Red Army, which of your teammates did not score in the game? Okay. I'm going to give you four. Uh, three of them scored. One did not. Okay, and you're not even in here. Okay. So it's the other three yeah, guys: yeah. Uh, Reggie Leach, Bill Barber, Rick McLeish, Larry Goodenough. 
Uh, Bill Barber. Bill Barber is correct. Look How at about that. that? Yeah. Tried to throw you off with a little Larry Goodman okay. up there. Yeah. Number 26. Right. In the movie Slapshot, which I'm sure you've seen, because every guy who loves hockey loves Slapshot, yeah. right? Minor league legend John Brophy is the basis for which character? John Brophy uh, racked up more than 4,000 penalty minutes in his minor league career. Uh, so was his character Ned Braden, uh, one of the Hanson brothers, Dave Killer Carlson, or Reggie Dunlap? That was Paul Newman. Uh, the first guy. Uh, Ned Braden, no, that was – it's Reggie Dunlap and Paul Newman. So – all right, that's that's one of the convoluted questions. Did you like Slapshot? Are you a big yeah, fan, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, that the greatest yeah. movie ever yeah, it was made? A good, it was a good movie. A good movie, it really was. Yeah. When they yeah. came out on the ice, okay. and when they came out on the ice for the first time, and started <laughs> killing everybody. I don't oh. think there's a funnier two minutes of any no, it's, hockey yeah. scene. Legendary. All right, yeah. they, they get better from here, Joe. Okay. All on right. the 74-75 Flyers, yeah. who was second in penalty minutes behind Dave Schultz? Dave Schultz had 472. Again, this is a 74-75. The second, you know, when you play the Sabers and one, was it? Uh, second in penalty minutes, was it Bobby Clark, Moose DuPont, Ed Van Imp, Don Selesky? DuPont. DuPont is correct, 276. Nice. All right, for the 1973-74 team, again, this is the first Stanley Cup team, which of these players did not have at least 20 goals? Okay, Ross Lonsberry, Bill Barber, Dave Schultz, Gary Dornhofer. Dornhofer. Dornies, yeah. correct. He's got <laughs> I got that one right, too. You did yeah. one. Yeah. All right, All right. you got two more. Which is not – there's three Canadian territories, as you sure, I'm sure you know. Ten, ten provinces, three Canadian territories. Which is not a Canadian territory? Uh, Nunavut, Northern Territories, Takwa, Yukon. That's uh, Nunavut, Northern Territories, Takwa, well, or Yukon. Well, one of, the, the, one of the, them the, is the, my the, daughter's the, camp. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll take the first one, whatever that was. No, it's Takwa. Takwa, Yeah, okay. Nunavut, okay. yeah. Uh, Talk about throwing okay. my daughter's camp in there. All right, the last one. Yeah. This is Phillies related because I know you follow the Phillies. Yeah. We talk Phillies baseball. Yeah. With a minimum of 100 at bats this year, which current Philly has the highest batting average? Is it Gene Segura, Cesar Hernandez, Reese Hoskins, or Andrew McCutcheon? Segura, um, Hernandez, Hoskins, or McCutcheon? Well, Segura has been hurt for a while. He was he was out for a while. It, it but, but, he, but he has over 100 at bats. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Okay, so it's possibly him. Segura is correct. Yeah, that's and right. I think he wins, or at least we win. <laughs> yeah, salmon we dinner. win the salmon dinner. Canadian with salmon dinner. Oh, oh, <laughs> yes. And we'll do. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, well, Joe, it's always a pleasure. Oh yeah, it really here. is. Yeah. Yeah, always it, nice to you guys. Great. Yeah, I love the fanatic. See, the fanatic. Fanatic's funny. I'll pass that along. Oh, wait, 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 Joe. Love yeah, we can't let you get out of here without asking the question. What are your thoughts on gritty? Well, gritty is gritty. You know, I'll tell you. So so I'm over in Greece, and uh, last September, about 25th, 26th, we're coming back. And I turned my little TV on there where I'm sitting on the plane, and I'm surrounded with uh, the Philadelphia people on the plane, obviously, because it's direct back to Philly. And I see this thing on my screen come out of the sky. And I see this, what the hell is this? I said to my wife, look at this. What the hell is going on here? What is this? I had no idea this was, that, that, that I guess it was in the planning stages for a while, but I had no idea. And it was funny. And, and uh, the caption was, Somebody should have told me that ice was slippery. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. That's I said, pretty oh, good. That is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, under Ed yeah. Snyder, the, f the Flyers never had a mascot. No. You know, and, and I don't uh, think we would have had a mascot if he was still around. Yeah, probably. No. Yeah. And I think Kate Smith's sign would still be up, too, I yeah. think, you know, if yeah. Ed, Ed was around. So know. did they have? Did, did Gritty purposely look like Scott Hartnell or Jake Voracek? Were they trying to make a kind of a <laughs> – <laughs> were they both that Probably, probably Voracek. <laughs> Voracek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. tell you what, the fanatic yeah. – well, you've gotten to know Gritty, right? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, and Joe's right. He came out last September, and and we had Gritty here. Uh, it's right after he was debuted, and he hugged the fanatic on the dugout, and so the Gritty and the fanatic oh, are best buds. Joe, isn't that yeah, nice? Yeah, isn't that yeah, nice? Good times. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I awesome. like Chris. He really is a good kid. Well, yeah. we can't thank you enough for coming in, Joe. Oh, fine. John and I are both yeah. huge fans, of course, yeah. of the Broad yeah. Street Bullies, and particularly of you. And yeah. uh, this has really been a kind of yeah. special broadcast of the Phillies backstage. Uh, so we really appreciate you being well, here. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Really is, gentlemen. God, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thank right. you. Thanks thank you, again, friend. Joe. Yeah. And thanks yeah. for tuning yeah. in, everybody. Yeah. Rob Brooks, yeah. thanks a lot. And uh, we will see you at the ballpark. <laughs>